Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Euro Trip, the first of many episodes this week. James, I hope you're looking forward to spending a lot of time with me because we've got a lot of shows coming up between now and Junior Eurovision on Sunday. Honestly, since we stopped doing Almost Live from Rotterdam back in May, where we did, what was it, about seven episodes in seven days, wasn't it? It was one a week during Eurovision Week itself. One a week, one a day. One a day. Oh, I'm already ahead of myself. I have been looking forward to another week of doing Eurovision content day after day after day. And it's finally here. That was sarcastic, was it? Um, No comment. Let's move on. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Plenty to come from us between now and Sunday. And we'll have a little Junior Eurovision Reaction podcast for you on Monday as well. So we seep into next week as well. Oh, seep is a horrible word. <laughs> anyway, I want to begin with an email, which is always fun, isn't it? With uh, if, if we were a 1990s children's television show, we'd say we were delving into the mailbag. <laughs> it's not a phrase you hear often. It's not. Well, Martin's been back on. Martin was one who so wonderfully sent me and James an email a few weeks ago so that we could finally keep tabs of the scores during the one second song. And he'd made us a little spreadsheet, which we were very grateful for. Well, you might remember last week on the one second song that I said, I think that I'd given myself a point because I got the bonus right. So last Wednesday, so on the day the podcast came out last week, at two minutes to ten, in the evening, exactly. So I like to think this was just before Martin brushed his teeth and took himself to bed. Uh, Martin said, not even a hello on this, which I agree. He just says, wait, the bonus point counts towards the total score. I didn't put that in the spreadsheet, exclamation mark. 
So what you're saying there is you've undone all of Martin's hard work on that spreadsheet. That's exactly what I'm saying. So Martin and everybody listening, rest assured, I'm going to dock myself a point, which I think means the scores remain James 8, Rob 5. Sounds about right, but although I thought I was on 9, but I'll, I'll let that I slip. think it is 9-5. I think you're right. I think it is 9-5, Martin. I'm so sorry, but we will properly fill out the spreadsheet, we promise. And we will be filling it out later on in today's episode because by the end of today's episode, when we've spoken to some amazing guests, we will also get to this week's One Second Song. But for now, let's get on with this week's episode or the first of this week's episodes of the Eurotrip. As you know, Lassandra always said, take it away. Hi, we are Davi and you're listening to Eurotrip. But I don't close any doors. I love Eurovision, I love Eurovision, and, and it will always be a part of me. That night, I found myself live on Russian state television for, for Russia's Song for Europe. I said to Joe, send BBC Teenage Life. Maybe two weeks later, I was at a press conference and I was on Making Your Mind Up. Everyone was like, Eldar, come, celebrate with us. The end of filming, they put honey on my face and I needed to be, you know, sexy with this honey on my face. Hi there, my name is Martin Estudal. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast with me, Rob. Me, James. And, James, it's on you this week to tell us who is joining us as our big guest because you have the pleasure of sitting down with... The one and only Stefania from Greece, or in junior Eurovision terms, Stefania from the Netherlands. Because of course, she not only represented Greece at Eurovision in Rotterdam earlier this year, but rewind back to 2016, and as part of the group Kisses, she represented the Netherlands at the Junior Eurovision Song Contest as well. And it's very timely to be chatting to her, as Junior Eurovision itself is only a few days away. So we chat about Junior, we chat about Eurovision, we chat about everything in between. And here she is talking about that experience in Rotterdam, including one element of Eurovision she wished she could have experienced. We had an experience, but it was with the virus going on and, you know, with like the distance you need to keep. And um, I just really want to feel every everybody just being so close with each other, just holding each other and just party we didn't have any we we haven't had an after party like it's your vision we just really wanted the after party i think we can all speak and agree with stephanie there that the Eurovision after party is exactly what we'd be looking forward to if we went to a contest. We have got loads to come for you. We'll be looking ahead to what we've got planned for junior Eurovision later on in the week. And also, I will be chatting to another Eurovision 2022 wannabe as well after the Czech Republic last week. We're heading to Ireland this week. Yes, and Rob mentioned our junior Eurovision coverage. We'll be telling you all about that a little bit later on and also give you a sneak peek at one of the artists we've been chatting to this week. You're listening on Acast, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. That's right. You are indeed listening to the Eurotrip. Thanks again for choosing us, or if it's your first time, thank you for choosing us. It is a pleasure to have you along for a brand new episode. And why break a habit of a lifetime? Let me tell you how many days it is until junior Eurovision. Well... It is definitely single figures now. It's just the four days until the grand final this coming Sunday. And even more worrying, as is the case, you would think 
the closer the contest gets, the easier that countdown becomes. But apparently not, because what you didn't hear there is the approximately 30 seconds uh, before we continued with the podcast where me and James went, is it four? How many, is it five? <laughs> six? Could it? No, it, it's on Sunday. I mean, it should really be much easier to work out than this. You want to get it right, though, don't you? You know, about five or six weeks ago, you can get away with just sort of saying, oh, yeah, it's about 45 because nobody's going to check. But if you get it wrong four days beforehand, you bet somebody's going to call you out for it. Well, I don't want to bring this up, but I did think that this would come up at some point. Do you remember when uh, you so diligently posted about the Eurovision equinox on <laughs> our social media? <laughs> I was wondering when you were going to bring this up. So we posted it on our accounts, and then Eurovision posted about it the following day. Now, one of us is right and one of us is wrong. I still stand by the fact I think we were right. I think we were right as well. I'm pretty sure... You know, I did this with spreadsheets, and you know how much I love a Eurovision spreadsheet, Rob. I was pretty sure we were correct, but, you know, I'm happy to be told that I'm wrong. Happy to be corrected. Who are we to say what is right and what is wrong? Um, but we're doing it anyway, apparently. Anyway, thank you, everybody. Uh, oh, God, somebody from Eurovision is going to listen and get in touch now. I hope they don't. Oh, God. <laughs> Dave Goodman from the EBU is going to be on. <laughs> Osterdahl will be on the blower. Does he? Has he got your mobile? Oh, I hope not. No, I think I blocked him after he was trying to get in touch with you too many times. I said, Martin, stop it, Martin. <laughs> You've got a job to do. Is he trying to invite you to a Swedish summer house? Is that what <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you, everybody, who has been in touch over the last seven days. As ever, I popped a little question out to uh, all of you on social at the weekend, which we'll get to in a second. But James, as ever, a bit of correspondence from last week's episode. Yep, last week's episode where we chatted to Stig Carlson, the Norwegian head of delegation, as well as exec producer of Melody Grand Prix. But also, Rob, you had a lovely chat with Judy, one of the artists hoping to represent the Czech Republic at Eurovision 2022 and may well have indeed won that competition because uh, the artist to represent the Czech Republic is being announced and revealed on Thursday. So if you're listening after Thursday or on Thursday evening, you may well know, but during that interview with Judy. Uh, it was safe to say so many of you enjoyed it. Uh, Chris got in touch to say amazing episode again. I'm so torn on who to vote for in ESCZ. Judy wasn't a favourite, but the interview was fantastic and may sway me. He then pops in brackets, insight, story to tell. Now, is that a little bit of a dig at the things we often say about the chats we have on the podcast? I think it might be. I, yeah, I think it's safe to say that me and you probably have a few stock phrases that we come out with now and again. I say now and again, I mean every week. And, every, uh, every single episode. I yeah. think if somebody would make a soundboard of us two, I wonder what it would sound like. Honestly, I think one week me and you could not turn up and we could just play pre-recorded <laughs> bits of stuff that we say every week and the episode <laughs> probably still sound the same. Oh, you know, somebody would probably give that a go. Uh, but anyway, as well, thanks to uh, Kiriakos, who got in touch on Twitter, saying a fantastic in-depth interview with Judy. Makes me love her Andrew Jazinki even more. Uh, big thanks to Kiriakos from Aussie Vision for getting in touch there. Now, James, an on-air production meeting. Do you reckon you can stick some festive music under this bit now? Uh, hold on. If I snap my fingers, it might happen. So are you ready for it to happen about now? Uh, give me, let me give you the countdown. Uh, yeah. Three, two, one. Perfect. I like it. I feel feeling all festive now. Christmas, worryingly close at this point, although you'd be delighted. Uh, everybody, you can't see this. James can see this. The tree's finally up. So that's nice, isn't it? 
Anyway, the reason I wanted that music was because you may have seen this on our Twitter account at Eurotrip Podcast over the weekend. I posed a question to all of you out there and I said, you've only got three invites left. Tell us which Eurovision apps are coming to your Christmas party. Now, it's a really difficult one. Uh, my answer, I think, is probably Hurricane, Hurricane and Hurricane. But then actually Hurricane is three people anyway, isn't it? So maybe I only need one invite and it'll get to all of them, I assume. Uh, James, you? Honestly, I didn't put any thought into it, actually. Um, let me think. Who would I invite? Petra, probably. Is that allowed? Yeah, Petra would be a good one. Pet- I reckon once Petra's a couple of bottles of wine down, that is... Carnage. Good- yeah. <laughs> I was going to say good night <laughs> out, but carnage is probably the right word. I'm not sure who else. I think she would equate for, honestly, everybody else at the party, to be fair. So just me and Petra. A night in, just the two of us. That'd be very nice, very intimate. Although not that, in- I've made it weird, haven't I? Anyway, uh, Stuart, you got in touch and you said Kate Ryan, Jessica Malboy and Neve Kavanagh. Again, I imagine that'd be a fairly raucous night. Uh, Dean got in touch and said Daz Sampson, Hatari and Lena. I mean, the mind boggles as to as to what would happen at that party, I'll tell you that much. Uh, and also Ahmad got in touch. Uh, Ahmad is head of press for the Czech Republic at Eurovision. Would you would you would you know it? Uh, Ahmad said uh Katarine Duska, who I think represented Greece a few years ago, uh Kino and Linda Martin. <laughs> now I hope that's Linda Martin's circa late late show argument in oh, twenty fifteen. I think a, it was. Approx. Uh, and also uh, Schlager Casey of course you've probably seen her on Twitter we all know her uh, she said uh, Sergei Lazarev Helena Paparazzi and I'm delighted to see Hurricane what a dream some great party lineups there uh, and all of those people got in touch with us on Twitter so if you're listening and you've got any thoughts or comments or feedback or anything you want to say you can get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram we are at Eurotrip Podcast or for any of your longer messages we are hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email. So we transition from the Christmas party that we've just been at. We've walked down the corridor. It's a long corridor. You can't quite hear the music from the Christmas party down this end of the uh, of the newsroom as we head, James, to the studio for the very latest Eurovision news. Yes, indeed. I will try and be as brief and as quick as I can because I realise we've already wrapped it on quite a bit so far in this episode. So I'll go as quickly as I can. If we're not careful... Junior Eurovision may have started before we finish this episode. <laughs> well, shall we start with Junior Eurovision news? As we know, the competition is just four days away and the rehearsals are well underway. The running order has also been revealed. The opening song, closing song and the host nation of France were drawn randomly. Meanwhile, the other 16 acts were positioned by the show's producers. So we'll be opening with Germany. That's Pauline and Imagine Us. French actor Enzo is performing Tic Tac in 13th place and Portugal will be closing the show. Now then, onto a lot of national selection news. I will be as quick as I can with all of these. We'll start with Melfest. We now know the running orders for each of the four heats at the competition next year. Uh, Malu Pritz will open the first heat in Malmö with her track Bananas. I don't know why I said bananas like that. That was a bit weird, wasn't it? Uh, 
Uh, meanwhile, Clara Hammerstrom will close the fourth and final heat in Lishkaping with her song Run to the Hills. Uh, the fourth Estilal quarterfinal took place at the weekend, which means we now have the complete lineup for the semifinals, which are due to take place in February. Amongst the five qualifiers from Saturday, it was Ott Lepland who represented Estonia back in 2012. Recent news from North Macedonia means we have yet another national final to add to our calendars for 2022. North Macedonian broadcaster MRT has published an open call for songs and artists, which closes in January. Six songs will be chosen to feature in the TV selection show and the winner will be decided by a 50-50 jury public split. The 14 artists due to compete in Benidorm Fest, that's Spain's national selection, were announced last week. Most notably, that list includes the duo Azuka Moreno, known widely for representing Spain, at the contest back in 1990. Now, over in Australia, we now have 10 of the 11 artists announced for the return of Australia Decide. 11, I hear you ask? Well, yes. We have now heard from SBS uh, that there'll be an 11th act known as the TikTok Wildcard, who will be joining the lineup as well. How very modern. Uh, and also, Kano will be performing there as an interval act. So, what a show that will be. And also, we've got some more Eurovision rumours to bring you as Sarbel has been speaking to Cypriot Television about a potential return to the contest. He represented Greece back in 2007 and has recently said that if the right song comes along, He'd be up for returning to the Eurovision Song Contest. That'd be exciting. Be well up for that. Loved Yasu Maria. Now, this time last week, this was the part of the show when we heard from a Eurovision 2022 hopeful, a Eurovision 2022 wannabe. Uh, We, of course, as we've already heard today, spoke to Judy from the Czech Republic. And as James already said, by the time you listen to this, who knows, maybe Judy will be the Czech entry for Turin. But we've got another Eurovision 2022 wannabe on the show today who got in touch. Now, an Irish singer-songwriter called Nathan Cassidy emailed us, hello at eurotrippodcast.com. He said, hi, Robin James. I'm hoping to represent Ireland at this year's Eurovision Song Contest, or next year's Eurovision Song Contest, I suppose. Nathan emailed us after hearing Irish head of delegation Michael Keeley on the podcast as well. So everything came together nicely. And who knows, maybe Michael Keeley has listened to Nathan's song already. Uh, You won't hear Nathan's song on this episode because it's against the rules. So if you did, then Nathan wouldn't be allowed to enter uh, and represent Ireland at next year's Eurovision. But rest assured, uh, James has heard it, I've heard it, got a very funky chorus, isn't it? It certainly does. Honestly, when I heard that, I thought, that has some potential. And yeah. uh, I'm no big Pete Waterman, but I think it certainly does have some potential in there. Well, judging by Pete Waterman's uh, success or lack thereof at Eurovision, probably best you uh, probably best you don't try and replicate him. Anyway, it was so nice to chat to Nathan. I spoke to him earlier on uh, from his bedroom. Uh, it was very, very lovely to speak to him. Uh, he's still at college, I think, but he told me all about his journey to write this song. And I start by asking him when he decided that he wanted to throw his hat into the ring to represent Ireland at Eurovision in Turin. I suppose, like, I always wanted to represent Ireland in Eurovision. It was always has been a dream of mine since I was a little kid. But particularly this year, since, see, I always wanted to go to Italy because Italy is one of my favourite countries in Europe. So I sort of realised once Italy has won the Eurovision, I was like, okay, they're going to be hosting the Eurovision. And then I was like, okay, should I or should I not put in a song this year? Like, am I ready to put in a song this year or am I not? 
So I just had to talk to my girlfriend, like, should I put in a song? And then she was like, oh, you definitely should. You have nothing to lose. So I was like, okay, um, I'm going to put in a song. don't know what kind of song I'm going to put in, but I'm going to put in a song of some sort. Now, before we talk a little bit about the song, which I know that we can't hear because, of course, it's with RTE. So we don't want to break any rules, of course. But tell us a bit about you. Tell us a bit about you as an artist. You've mentioned you already you're a singer and a songwriter. Yeah, so I started songwriting when I was in secondary school at 13. Um, similar reasons why Duncan Lawrence, because he got bullied. And I thought, suppose it was a good way to, I suppose, release that, you know, I suppose that negative energy that I was feeling at the time. So I was writing about basically anything, but anything really at all. And then I was been playing guitar um, when I was at no, secondary school as well, learning to play guitar. So that's how I kind of started and how have you managed to narrow down which song and how have you decided what type of song you wanted to enter for, for Ireland this year? That was, that's a really good question. Um, I was like, should I go with a ballad, which like an acoustic ballad, or should I go take it something more riskier? So I was thinking for a while and that's that's probably the longest part that took me. You know, it was like, what? Because see, you can only send one song to, to RTE, which is a bit annoying compared to let's say um, Melody Festival, you can send as many songs as you want. But yeah, I kind of thought, not really statistically, but I was thinking, okay, let's try to do something that Ireland normally doesn't send, but that will work really well for Eurovision. So what I thought about it was, okay, I'm going to stick to who I am as an artist. So it's really that acoustic kind of folky indie pop kind of way. Obviously, uh, that modern kick or modern beat that everybody likes. And then I wanted, like, at the end of the day, I'm representing Ireland in the Eurovision, and I do, like, love our Irish music tradition. So I wanted to add that subtleness of Irish instruments in the background. So that's what I kind of went for at the end. And then um, I got in contact with an Irish producer called uh, Keith Warren. He's absolutely amazing by like just combining all these sounds and putting them together. He's just amazing. He really took the project up another level. And then I also got like um, tips and advice of my girlfriend as well. Like, oh, what way should we? Because she's an Irish um, musician, so she's kind of giving me some a lot of tips and stuff like that as well for the song. Sounds like you're surrounded by all the right people. It sounds like you got some great advice there when you were when you were putting the song together. Yeah, it really was. It really was. Yeah, um, it, it felt really good. Like it felt right, you know, just get that good support instead of, I suppose, you know, you can sometimes as a songwriter, you can work with, I suppose, the wrong people and stuff like that. But I wanted to get, I suppose, the most professional people who are close to me as possible. So start to finish, when did you start working on the song? When did you eventually submit it? That's, that's a good question. So I think it was about May time, probably two weeks after the Eurovision. I was okay. First of all, I need to write lyrics to the song. So I wrote lyrics and yeah, um, I rewrote the lyrics again and again and again, just to make sure they were perfect and what I wanted to have in the song. Amazing. So it's been, oh, what's that now? More, I was going to say six months, more than six months, seven months longer than that in the, in the, in the working, which is, which is fantastic. Now, can you, I don't know if you can, I don't know if you're allowed, can you tell us the title of the song? Yeah, so the so the title of the song was called Rilt Namara, which is Irish for Star of the Sea. 
Amazing. Now, this is already, I know, going to get Irish Eurovision fans especially excited because they love the idea of sending something truly authentic and truly Irish to to the Eurovision Song Contest. And you mentioned Melody Festival, and before you mentioned Sam Remo, you know, say things don't work out for Ireland this year, have you thought about the possibility of, of entering for another country as well? Uh, that's a good question. Um, so I had a look, and it's, it's, it's all about timing in terms of, because say some countries opens up their things as early as early summer, like Norway. But I think I'm going to enter Macedonia because they have a similar, no, they have a similar thing to Ireland. So um, similar way of, um, let's say, selecting songs this year. So I just kind of wanted to see what it was like to do that. I feel like there wouldn't be anything more Eurovision than an Irish singer-songwriter representing North Macedonia at Eurovision <laughs> in Italy. Is that not the most Eurovision yeah. thing ever? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Oh, well, Nathan, fingers crossed. We're super excited. Thank you so much for getting in touch. And we'll have to stay in contact with you. And fingers crossed, we'll see you on that list for the Late Late Show in January. It would be incredible. So good luck. Hopefully so. Cheers. Thank you very much, and Thank you very much for having me. This is the Euro Trip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. This is the Eurotrip. A uh, big thanks to Nathan. Well, he was the one, actually, who reached out to us. So thanks, Nathan, for reaching out. And thanks, Rob, for chatting to him. And I'm sure you'll agree with me uh, that we wish him the best of luck for his uh, hopeful selection for the national final in Ireland uh, at the end of next month, actually, because that's when we think it might be. We, we, yeah, we got the inside line, didn't we, from Michael Keeley when he was on? He, he gave us a provisional date. He said to pencil it in. Uh, it's still penciled in. We haven't got that confirmed at the time of recording. But uh, yeah, all the best, Nathan, and uh, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, that, of course, is next month, the Late Late Show. But this month, and James, how many days? Just the four days to go until Junior Eurovision this Sunday. Very, very exciting. Uh, We alluded to it last week, probably the week before. Uh, We mentioned it at the start of the podcast. We are going to be bringing you some very special episodes in the run-up to the final on Sunday in Paris. You know by now we were going to be in Paris. We're not going to be in Paris anymore. We don't need to say why we're not going to be in Paris anymore because it all makes sense. If you just look at the news for about 30 seconds, you realise why we're not in Paris anyway. But we are still going to endeavour to bring you the best coverage of the Junior Eurovision Song Contest 2021. And James, we have got loads in store and we have got loads of very, very interesting people to talk to. Yes, we'll be bringing you four special episodes, one on Friday, one on Saturday, one on Sunday, and you guessed it, one on Monday. The first three will be previewing Junior Eurovision that takes place, of course, on Sunday, and the one on Monday will be reviewing everything that happened at the show. I'm just so excited for some of the people that we're going to bring you between now and Sunday and on Monday as well, as we've already said, because we've been chatting to people who are connected in some way to some of the artists that are taking part at this year's Junior Eurovision Song Contest. James mentioned Mr. O'Leary last week. I'll tell you who Mr. O'Leary is now, shall I? Mr. O'Leary is Mayu Levi Lawler's headmaster. So my representing Ireland this year, so good to chat to him. So we'll be hearing from him. I've been chatting to some of the songwriters who are behind the entries that we'll hear this year. And James, we will also 
be hearing from some of the acts as well. Yes, we will. And I thought, why not give you a little bit of a tease of one of the artists you'll hear from over the course of the next few days when we start our special episodes on Friday. Uh, Now, earlier on in this week, I sat down with Enzo, who is, of course, representing the host nation of France this year. His song is called Tic Tac. And he was in his hotel room, in the hotel room that all of the artists are sharing. I was here back at home. Sorry, the hotel room that all of the artists are sharing. Is it Did like I a say dorm? hotel room? What I meant to say was hotel that they're all sharing. I don't think they're all crammed <laughs> into one small bedroom with 19 bunk beds. It's like a hostel. <laughs> so he was in his hotel is what I was trying to say. I was back at home and we had a chat on Zoom earlier on in the week. And here he is talking about his nerves ahead of the event this coming weekend. Um, At the moment, I have no nerves, but I feel like once I'll see the stage and now start you know rehearsing the nerves will get to me of course because that's just how it goes but at the moment since I haven't seen the the stage yet because my rehearsals are tomorrow um I'm not that nervous but I'm just happy and I can't wait because it's been something I've dreamed of um since a while now so it's finally coming true and I can't wait um to to just share my joy with the, the public and you must have seen the pictures of the stage. So have you seen the pictures of it online? How excited are you to get inside that arena? I've seen I've seen a few pictures. It's absolutely huge. Um, I'm super excited and um, it's important to enjoy every second because we don't realize it as it goes. But Eurovision is something which happens once in a lifetime, not twice. Um, so I think I'm just going to try and enjoy the moment. Um, and, it, you know, there's a lot of people. There's going to be almost 4,000 people there. So, you know, I'm going to be impressed. But, yeah, I, I can't wait. And, you know, I've been working, you know, really hard to, to for this day. So all my hard work is hopefully going to pay off. He is so likeable, isn't he? I'm very much looking forward to hearing more from Enzo. Looking forward so much to chatting to some more of the artists taking part in Junior Revision 2021. And I just hope you'll be here to join us for the next few days. So as James mentioned, special episodes, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, wherever you're listening to your podcast. So wherever you found this one that you're listening to right now, that's where you'll find them when we kickstart our coverage of Junior Revision 2021 on Friday. We've just been talking about Junior Eurovision, which you'd think this was planned. Well, it kind of was in a way, but it links very nicely to the big guest that we've got joining us right about now here on this week's episode of the Eurotrip. It's Stephanie. Now, I'm sure you'll remember the name from Eurovision earlier on this year in Rotterdam. She represented Greece and finished in a very respectable 10th place in the grand final. But did you know, back in 2016, as part of the trio Kisses, she also represented the Netherlands at the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah, she's one of a long line, isn't she, of artists that have done both Junior and Eurovision. Some people call it Junior Eurovision and then Adult Eurovision. I never know what the what the right thing to say is, but you know what we mean. We had the uh, the Tomachevi sisters, didn't we? I'm sure I've definitely pronounced that incorrectly <laughs> from Russia in the past. There's loads of them as well. I think most famously, uh, Destiny. Of course, she won the contest back in 2015, I think it was, uh, and then went on to represent uh, Malta again at the contest earlier this year in Rotterdam. And Destiny comes up in this chat with uh, Stephanie as well. She certainly does. So strap yourself in. We'll talk about Junior, of course. We'll talk about Eurovision, of course. And we'll chat about everything else in between. But I started off by asking her to reflect on her experience in Rotterdam earlier this year. Uh, it was a very great experience. I 
enjoyed every minute of it, to be honest. Um, it was also really hard because it was really hardworking. Uh, but I had a really great team and um, was very emotional also. I don't know why, but it was very emotional. So every, every day I was crying because of happiness and joy. But uh, it, it was such a nice experience and I would love to do it again. It must have been great to be in the Netherlands as well, because as people know, you're representing Greece. But the Netherlands is kind of one of your two homes, really, isn't it? Because you're half Greek and half uh, Dutch as well. So it must have been great to do it in one of your home countries. Yeah, it, it was funny because uh, backstage you were also speaking Dutch and I can completely understand the whole language. So I was walking and they were talking bad about people and I was like, Mm-mm, I do understand you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny. And it was also, I don't know, it was also really nice because I my English is not like the best. So I sometimes I didn't I did not understand things. And I was like talking Dutch to them, to them not Greek, because they don't understand obvious Greek. But, um, I was talking Dutch to them and they were talking Dutch to me back. And then I was translating it into Greek to my team. So it was really, yeah, it was also really nice to have people around you who are speaking Dutch. So, and I think it's very nice that it was in the Netherlands this year because, you know, I live here, I know Rotterdam beautiful Rotterdam and I love it. So I felt like I was just giving a concert at home. How pleased were you with your result as well? Because 10th place out of how many countries was it? Nearly 40 countries that competed this year. That is a tremendous result, isn't it? Yeah, I was so happy because I, you know, I don't think actually about results when I am doing something because I think when I do that, I will have a lot of stress. So I was not thinking about anything. I was just thinking about the show and about, uh, you know, my performance with the dancers. But at the end, they, they, you know, they told me like we were at place 10, you know. So I was, I was, I, I don't know. I was very happy. And because Greece has been a lot of years not in the top 10, um, they were really happy. And they were telling me like, oh, my God, this is after eight or nine years, I think. We are back in the top ten. And everybody in Greece was like, everybody in Greece was just party. Like, there were always a lot of parties in Greece. And everybody was so happy. Got a lot of messages about people who were talking about, you know, that uh, we are finally back in the top ten. So it was kind of big news or something. So... <laughs> Very happy, and I did not um, totally not expect it. Can we talk about your performance as well? Because there's certain Eurovision performances that will be remembered for a very long time. And I think yours will be as well because of the. it was so unique, wasn't it, with this green screen? Do you remember hearing the plan for the first time and thinking, oh, wow, this is pretty special? The first time I heard of the, <laughs> you know, of our plan, I was really... Um... I was a little bit like inspired because I, I thought, oh my God, green screen, that's so nice. Maybe we can also do this. Maybe we can also do that. 
But I was really scared because they told me like, the green screen and everything needs to be perfect live and nothing can go wrong. And I was like, okay, but it's green screen, you know, and, and it's live. Like it's, we are taking a big risk. Like, so I was a little bit scared, but um, we were practicing every day in Greece, every day. So I, I think everything went good. And if something went wrong, then, you know, then it went wrong. Yeah, what can I say? Thankfully, it all went well anyway. That's the main thing. Now, tell me about some of the other things you got up to in Rotterdam, because I was looking back at your Instagram stories and I saw you were chatting to Tusa and Senet, some of the other performers. Well, are those some of you know your treasured memories, some of your favorite memories, being able to see all of the other performers and get to meet and greet with all those guys? Yeah, and I need to say that um, Ahoy um, did a great job you know, during Corona, they, you know, they were able to bring us all together, even though there was a virus going on. So they did a great job. And yeah, it was very nice to talk with the other, um, you know, artists because they were, they were all so sweet and so nice and so talented. And I think I was a little bit going crazy about, you know, Monoskin because I, I spoke to them and I was like, Everybody there backstage was a fan of Monskin. <laughs> so so it, was, it was a great experience with everybody. And uh, I really do miss them. We should celebrate something together and go, you know, just go back with each other again. Just talk. I don't know. I just really miss them. They were so nice to me. I think you need to make that happen. Have you got a WhatsApp group chat with any of them? We- do you keep in touch? We have an Instagram group, but it's a little bit dead. <laughs> <laughs> You need to make that happen then. Let's let's make an agreement now. You have got to be the one to make that group chat come alive again. Let's do it. <laughs> let's not forget as well, though, that you were one of those artists who was meant to be there in 2020. Can you remember that moment of finding out that it was all cancelled? Can you remember how you felt? Oh, I felt so sad. I just really wanted to cry every day. It was like the awful thing I've ever experienced. Like it was not really fun or something. It was, I was so broken and my parents also didn't like it. They were like, oh, she was working so hard and now it's like canceled. And, but on the other side, you know, I finished school. So that's one thing I really wanted to do. And I think when the Eurovision Song Contest was still going that year, uh, I think I will not pass with school because I had a lot of things undone yet with school. So I did that. I finished school. I uh, went to a new school, to an academy for music. So um, it was not nice, but I also needed it or something. And we also, because it was canceled, we really wanted to make something else, you know, not ethnic because Greece has a lot of songs with ethnic and we were thinking about something else, like what do people love right now? And that is 80s and pop. And so we put that together and um, I think it went well, but it, it was like so hard that time for us, for all of us, for our team, for everybody. How quickly did you get back in the studio to record the 2021 song? How quickly did you start to prepare after that cancellation? It was actually very quick. It was, I think, three weeks after we heard that it was uh, cancelled because we just wanted to make a great song. 
and a song um, that is also created by me. So I was also sitting next to Dimitris Kontopoulos and I was also saying what I wanted, what I feel like this is it can be this can be great, you know, for your vision with Supergirl. Supergirl, we didn't we didn't do that a lot because it was just really quick, and we needed quickly a song. And now we had all the time, so we were really trying to take all the time to make a great song. You mentioned uh, Demetrius Kontopoulos there, one of the songwriters for for Last Dance. Do you remember meeting him for the first time? Because he's got oh, a great back catalogue. <laughs> I don't know why, but because he's such a big person. So I was so scared. I was like, oh my God, he's going to kill me if I say that I sing and that, and just showing my covers on Instagram. I think it will kill me. I think it would say like, who's this girl? Like, just go away. But he was really interesting. And he was just asking me to go back to Athens and to record some songs. So uh, he's really nice. He, he, he just feel like, he feels like a second like dad or something. So every time when I'm in the studio, he's like, do you want some coffee? Do you want some water? Are you taking care of yourself? Is there anybody who's hurting you? Huh? <laughs> so yeah, he's really, really nice. Yeah. When did you first get in contact with him then? Because I remember at one of your press conferences at in Rotterdam this yeah. year, you said the Greek broadcaster got in touch with you after you'd done junior Eurovision, of course, back in yeah. 2016. Take us back to that. Did they send you an email? I think you said. Uh, yeah, he's yeah a DM on Instagram with that he's interesting, but he was I think he completely forgot who I am because the first time when I saw him I was really like telling who I am and I was really like okay, but you sent me in DM like do you remember me? But I think he didn't remember me. But um, after that, you know, it, when we first first met each other, it was at the Mad Awards in Greece where I had to perform for the first time in Greece to. I don't know, to just think about, I think the Greek people, because there's a whole team and the team was texting me after junior Eurovision with that they were interested in me. Um, but they first want to do a kind of test um, with Greek people if they do like me. So I was performing at the Mad Awards and backstage I saw Dimitris and I was like, okay, now is my chance to, you know, to show him what I got, to show him what I want where I go for so um but I don't think he remembers that uh, he sent me DM on Instagram <laughs> let's chat about junior Eurovision then because this yeah. year's edition isn't too long away it's just a few days away let's talk about when you did it in 2016 because you didn't do it solo but you did it as part of a group didn't you take us back to that tell us about some of your memories of that yeah we were a group we were uh, we called kisses nice name um with Stere and Kimura and I um, but uh, it was such a nice experience it was the first time for the three of us uh, for like singing on a big stage We were really nervous. I, I remember that once we were in the, our hotel and we were uh, really talking about our feelings, how we felt, and we were all three. I, I don't know why, but we were starting to cry. 
we were like, yeah, we were sitting next to each other. We were looking at each other and we were like, I'm so nervous. Hold my hand. <laughs> yeah, but it was really fun. And we were just three best friends who were singing together. And I think the, the most beautiful experience there, it, it was absolutely the show. Um, but I think the memories backstage and the memories you know, in, in, in just the city, walking in the city with the three of us. I think those memories are like the most beautiful memories for me. I, I remember seeing as well uh, earlier in the year in Rotterdam, you were catching up uh, with Destiny from Mulder as yeah. well. You, you must have had some good memories of chatting to her and, you know, playing some games and having some fun with her back in uh, back in 2016 as well. Yeah, she was actually also there, one of my best friends. <laughs> I don't know, because she has like a vibe. She's giving you energy that is like great to have. I just I just love Destiny and I just really do miss her. So uh, I, for last time I was in Greece and she was there too. So that was so funny. We were also go to uh, went to dinner together. And uh, yeah, she's really nice. She made my 20, uh, 2016 complete you know, the show, she made it complete for me. Oh, that's so lovely. That is so lovely. What was it like for you? Because you were only 13, am I right, when you yeah. did junior Eurovision. What's the pressure like? Do you feel much uh, pressure? Is there much stress when you're going through that competition at such a young age? Yeah, I had a lot of pressure, but not negative pressure. Um, it's really weird to say, but I had... A, positive pressure you know what I mean so I was not thinking about oh my god maybe this oh my god and oh my god and, and if that, that goes wrong oh what I do you know I I didn't think like that I was only thinking about okay I'm just representing a country just give everything for your country fight for it just do what you like to do and that is singing dancing and just enjoy it but um not too much because you know it's work so <laughs> do not enjoy it too much but um, yeah, I was not thinking in a negative way. I didn't have a lot of stress. At Eurovision, I had a lot of stress because it's just, it needs to be perfect with the green screen. And so I had a lot of stress with like the clothes and like my boots with the high heels, like, oh my God, the green screen. And so yeah, <laughs> but that's a whole nother level. So. How does it compare from junior Eurovision to Eurovision itself, presumably? It's so much bigger, but let's not forget that Junior Eurovision is still quite a big event as well. Junior Eurovision is, of course, yeah, a big event. Like, I think this year, because it's in Paris, it's like much bigger than last year. Um, I saw the stage actually today on Instagram. It's so beautiful. Um, yeah, but it's um, comparing to the Eurovision. I think Junior Eurovision is all about fun also. Of course, Eurovision is also about fun. I'm not saying that it's not about fun, but Eurovision is just so serious because it's just the biggest event, I think, in the whole world. So yeah, everybody wants to do their best and to have everything perfectly done. And at Junior Eurovision, you know, we were just kids. We were 13 years old. They were, they were, they were not going backstage and telling me like you need to do this you need to do that and if you don't do that you know they were not like that at junior Euro eurovision yeah they were really like yeah we need to do it all right guys because if we don't do this right we have such a huge problem we cannot risk that so that's the big difference about 
junior Eurovision and Eurovision, but you know, the experiments and the, the vibe is just the same. It's just, I felt really like I was at junior Eurovision when I was at Eurovision. I, I felt like, oh my God, this is the same, you know, vibe. I feel the same things when I, when I fell there. As you say, this year's junior Eurovision is in Paris. So there's going to be another 19 artists who are there in Paris preparing to go on stage, preparing to perform. What piece of advice would you give to those artists, if you could, to make sure that they enjoy their experience? What would you say to them? Enjoy it. That's the only thing I can say, because it's it's, it's really like you think it's two weeks and that those two weeks are like so long but those two weeks feel it, it really felt to me like it was two days so that's why i always say to people who are going to junior or eurovision like enjoy it because it's really quick <laughs> perfect advice just enjoy it that's the main thing that is the main thing now i've been trying to keep up to date with what you've been doing since rotterdam i've been looking through your instagram and i simply cannot keep up because it seems like you've been doing absolutely everything so can you try and sum up what your life's been like since Eurovision this year it's like crazy as you said I'm, I'm doing everything I don't know why but um I uh, am um a host of a show I host you know my own show in the Netherlands and it's really nice it's about music so artists are coming there and they were singing it's really nice um and in Greece, I did Mod Walk. I did the Super Music Awards, which is like one of the biggest award shows in Greece. I did not, I didn't even knew it. I was like, they were asking me, would you like to do it? Would you like to host the Super Music Awards? And I was like, yes, of course. I thought it was just a little show, but when I was there, the, the stage was so big and all the biggest artists of Greece were there. And I was like completely in shock. So, um, it was really nice to do that. And of course, my single words um, and um, a lot of other singles I released. Yeah, I, I did a lot of great stuff, but I will continue with doing things because I just love to release music and love to, you know, host shows or to act. There's also something going um, on right now with the movie. I cannot tell you a lot about, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it's a really great movie. I just can't say a lot because it's big secret <laughs> oh you're teasing us when will we find out when will we find out the news about the movie i have no idea to be honest <laughs> no idea oh well we'll keep our eyes out we'll keep our eyes across your instagram and your social media to, to find that out <laughs> what has it been like doing all the tv presenting because obviously this is new people know you as a singer as a performer what's it like being sort of on the other side of of things it's great to, you know, experience something else. Um, to be honest, I have a lot of uh, respect for host people. Yeah, this is just really a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And uh, um, especially when it's like in the Greek language. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's a lot of work, but it's really fun to do. And But if I need to choose, I will, obviously, I will choose singing because that's just the one thing I want to do in life. <laughs> Um, but they gave me this opportunity to just host a show. And I was like, why not? I mean, something cool. So um, I am a person who loves to try new things. So uh, if you have an idea, just tell me. <laughs> I would love to do it. <laughs> you can come and do this podcast with me. You can come and present this one week if what? you like. 
why not? <laughs> when are we going to expect some more music from you then? Are you heading back to the studio anytime soon? What's the plan for, for more new music? Um, I'm working on a Greek song right now. So I'm really excited about that one um, because all the Greek people are asking me like, when do you release a Greek song? We want to hear you singing in Greek. Uh, in Greek. So i um, really excited about that song. Um, I'm also working about an English song um, who is actually coming very soon, but I don't know if I can say it. Can I say it about the new song in English? I know. No, I can't say <laughs> it. I tried. And there is a lot of, there's actually a lot of songs coming. Um, and also a movie and other things. But um, yeah, I'm working very hard for my new music. Um, but I just really want to focus right now on English and Greek, to be honest, with songs. I think that's a great, um, you know, new start of 2022. <laughs> You mentioned at the start of our chat, at the very beginning, you said, I'd love to do Eurovision again. Yeah. Would you do it? What, you know, is that on the cards? Are you trying to make that happen again? What's the situation with that, do you think? I would love to do it again. You know why? It's just because of the experience and because of we, we had an experience, but it was with the virus going on and, you know, with like the distance you need to keep and um, I just really want to feel every everybody just being so close with each other, just holding each other and just party. We didn't have any, we, we haven't had an after party. Like it's Eurovision. We just really wanted the after party, but we, we didn't have, yeah, it's just very sad. So I just really want to experience Eurovision with all the after parties with, you know, the paparazzi who is coming to you or to your house or something, you know, I just really want to experience it that way. So if somebody or a country is asking me to like represent the country, why not? I mean, it's just beautiful experience. Well, Stephanie, it's safe to say we'd love to see you back at Eurovision. We are very excited for everything you've got planned. And uh, before I go, let me just say that I hope you have a very happy birthday because I know that's not too far away either, is it? Yeah, I think it's next. Oh my God, I just completely forgot. <laughs> next week. Yeah, it's my birthday next week. Oh my God, thank you. Well, I hope you have a lovely birthday. Have a lovely Christmas too. Thank you so much for joining us for a chat. Thank you for inviting me. That was such an enjoyable listen. Stephanie clearly had such a good time at Eurovision earlier on in the year. And she said it, she wants to go back. And I think we can almost guarantee that one day, probably in the not too distant future, she will be back on that Eurovision stage. I think it's bound to happen, yeah. And she said it unprompted as well. It was the first answer she gave to a question. And she said, I'd love to do it again. So I delved a little bit deeper. And as you heard there, it sounds as if she would be... The first to say yes, if a broadcaster came knocking, she would be nodding her head like Churchill the dog. <laughs> it's quite a niche reference, but I, I know what you mean. <laughs> Although if she does do Eurovision again, I think she'd probably want to do it without the green screen because that did sound quite stressful, to be fair. Yeah, it really did, didn't it? It was definitely unique. It's definitely standout. It'll definitely be remembered. But poof, if I went to Eurovision, it's not going to happen. But if I did, I would certainly say no to a green screen. Okay, I'll, um, I'll cross that off the list just in case. <laughs> Just, just so we know. So good to hear from her. And we have got loads more. I say loads more. Plenty more. I say plenty more. A few more of the class of 2021 to come for you in 2022. But James, it is time for the traditional end to the show. 
Yes, it is. It's the one second song, the part of the episode where we play the very first second of a Eurovision song. And all we have to do is guess the song, the artist, the year it competed at the contest and the country it represented. It's as simple as that. The scores, if we are correct, and I think we are, we must fill in that spreadsheet, Martin, I promise we will. Ah, oh, James 9, Rob 5, after I took away my uh, my bonus point, which uh, threw everything awry uh, when I tried to add that on last week. Anyway, it's James 9, me 5, and it is James, it is you to guess this week's one second song. So, uh, for you and the listeners at home, why don't you have a play? Here's uh, the first play of this week's one second song. Hmm, a drum beat. Now, now it's familiar. That drum, wow, that drum beat is so familiar. Wow. Now, I kind of, I don't know if this is this is useful or whether it's more of a hindrance. Basically, what you're hearing there is the instrumental of this song because in the proper song, the song title is at the very start of the song. Now, I'm glad you said that because I had a feeling that it just didn't sound right. Actually, can we have it again? It might rejog my memory. Yeah, now you I think you've given me a bit of a clue there, but I'm definitely not going to get four points. I thought it was best to be honest with you. That's that's, you know, that's all. Because otherwise I, I would have said, oh, well, James, actually, um, this is the song after the event. And then you would have kicked off. So I think it's probably best to be transparent. Right. OK, I've got an idea. I'm certainly not going to get four points, but I've, I can give you something. So I think it's 2006. I think the country, it's it's one of the two. I can't remember which one it is. It's either Belgium or the Netherlands. And oh, I can't for the life of me remember which. I'm going to say Belgium anyway. Um, the the artist I've got no idea on, but the song, oh, the song, I don't know either. It's something like Bam Banda or something. I can't remember exactly what it's called. I'm, Unless I've got my wires totally crossed, I'm going to say Bam Banda for Belgium 2006. <laughs> um, if we awarded half points, I would give you a half point for Bam Banda, but you're not having one. Uh, oh, because no. It's, it's too confusing without half points. Uh, 2006, you are correct. So you get a point for that. Um, you were, again, close with the country. Uh, it's the Netherlands. Sorry. Oh, no, that's annoying. So it's not Belgium, it's the Netherlands. Uh, so it's the Netherlands 2006. The song is called Amambanda, oh. and the act uh, were called Treble. Let's have a listen. Amambanda, 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 Gwen Amambanda. So that's Treble with Amambanda, which came 20th in the first, and of course only at the time, semi-final in 2006. Uh, they came, as I said, 20th, uh, just below Portugal, 
And just ahead of uh, the most recent entry uh, we saw from Monaco. Uh, that song sung in English and an imaginary language. What a song that is. I often say, don't I? It comes up every, I don't know, 10 weeks or so that I love the 2006 contest. And that is why. Songs like that, they don't make them like that anymore, do they? They certainly don't. The 2006 contest was incredible. I think there is something in every single song in 2006. Whether it's something awful or something incredible, there is something. There is an emotional reaction in some way to every single song from 2006. Bonus that won't get added to the score, but we can talk about it now. What do you reckon? Uh, because it's the Netherlands and because Stephanie uh, represented the Netherlands at Junior Eurovision, I'm going to say there's some sort of connection between the backing singers there or something like that. But I've got no idea. The link, honestly, this week, pretty straightforward. So Stephanie, uh, who represented Greece in the Netherlands, well, Amambanda represented the Netherlands while in Greece. That's it. Very clever. Very simple, very clever, and yet I still missed it. But as we say, we're not counting those points. But I do get a point for the year. Oh, that's all I get. So I get one more point. So it's 10, whatever you've got. 10 something. 10 5. 10 5. Uh, and you will actually not have a chance to add any more points until the new year. Because although we've got our junior Eurovision special episodes from Friday to Monday, we do have two more episodes to bring you before the new year comes along, which we'll give you a tease about now. They're not going to be your usual episodes, but they're what we're going to call our festive specials. Yeah, festive specials, which... If you are a long-time listener, you may remember from uh, the Christmas and New Year period last year, we bring you some feature-length conversations, which we think you'll find really, really interesting. So you've got one next Wednesday, which is on the 22nd of December. So you can listen to that one while you are, I don't know, wrapping some presents or something like that, making the Christmas dinner, perhaps. And then you have another on the 29th so the following wednesday so you can have a listen to that maybe on new year's eve what the, the perfect way to see in the new year with a special episode of the Eurotrip podcast so to be the first person to find out who those interviews are with and i can guarantee you you will want to listen to these interviews they are tremendous uh, people you don't hear from very often at all actually uh, to be the first to find out make sure you're following us on twitter and instagram we are at Eurotrip podcast of course we'll be posting all the information on there in i don't know in around five days time or so early next week we'll tell you who they are yeah once junior is done we will uh, we'll give you a, an idea as to who is joining us for those special episodes but as we've said, there is lots to come on this podcast between now and then because our special episodes looking ahead to Junior Eurovision 2021 kick off on Friday. So we look forward to being back in your podcast feed in just a couple of days time. So until Friday, just two days time, that is, don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James, it's goodbye. And from me, Rob, it's goodbye. Um, do you reckon they have a buffet at the Eurovision after party? Uh, I don't think food is important to anybody who turns up to a Eurovision after party. There's only one thing on their mind. Jaeger bombs. <laughs> Jaeger bombs with Jon Ola. That's what that used to be. This is at Eurovision as well, not a junior Eurovision. It's an important distinction to me. <laughs> If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.